This is Hope FM. Well, as you heard at the beginning of the programme, a very special uh, guest today is Mark Arnold. And uh, we're going to be talking about people with, uh, with special and additional needs. And Mark works for Urban Sense, and we'll tell you all about that particular ministry. But Mark, let's begin with your faith journey. How did all things faith begin for you? Well, uh, hi Blair. Hi everyone. It's great to be here uh, this morning. Um, my faith journey started at uh, what used to be known as Stroudon Park Chapel, uh, and not a million miles away from here. Absolutely, just down the road from here, and uh, that's where I was taken as uh, a toddler. Uh, by my parents and grew up in the Sunday school and the youth work there. And uh, when I was about 10 years old, I remember that each year we would do, uh, I think it was a scripture union uh, exam that we did, a Bible knowledge exam. And that particular year, I got 99%. And I was so cocky with myself about it that I, <laughs> I, 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 I was sure that the examiners had got the uh, the 1% bit wrong I'd got it all right you know I was so <laughs> full of myself about it and then uh, I remember being sat in church uh, and uh, the, um, the the minister at Stroudon Park Chapel a, a lovely man by the name of Graham Parnaby that, that some listeners will I'm sure remember the name and he was preaching and well it was God preaching through him and it was God speaking to me about my arrogance and uh, and about how knowing him wasn't about what score I got in an exam or how much I knew about the Bible or thought I knew at 10 years old. Gosh, you know, how, how little I actually knew, but there we are. Um, but it was about knowing him and his love and his mercy and forgiveness. Uh, and it just in that moment broke me and I gave my life to him and have been journeying with him ever since. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey uh, that we've been on together. Absolutely. And, and, and of course, I dare say not the easiest of journeys always, is it? Some well, people think you come to Christ and then everything's fine. But but of course, life still contains many challenges. Absolutely. You know, Jesus never promised us an easy ride. He never said that following him would be plain sailing. In fact, it's quite the opposite. You know, there are, there are all those storms. But what he does promise us is that during those storms, those tough times, he's there with us. He's in the boat uh, and, and helps us through those storms together. And uh, and yeah, that that sense of his presence is so important in those times. So from the age of 10, having given your life you know, to, to the Lord, how do things then progress? So, yeah, I continued to grow up in the youth work there. Uh, when I got into my sort of late teens, early 20s, like many young people do, I sort of drifted a little bit, didn't always rock up with uh, my family to church, occasionally um, visited other places, other churches too, but uh, often you know, wasn't around uh, in church uh, so much. But uh, Strain Park Chapel and uh, a sister church, Charminster Chapel, uh, would camp, uh, the youth groups would camp uh, each year. And I, I'd been to many of those camps over the years, uh, hadn't been for probably three or four years at this stage. But they were desperate for, for tent leaders, desperate for volunteers to come and help. Hey, you know, every Christian camp every year is desperate for people to come and help out. And this year was no different. And the uh, the youth leader at Stroudon Park Chapel uh, asked my my mum and my dad if, you know, hey, could, could they talk to me and see if there would be any chance that I could come and help out? Uh, as a tent leader so they asked me over Sunday lunch that day and uh, they told me when the week was that the camp was happening well you know as it happened I already had that week booked off uh, and I was going to go and you know slob down at the beach for the week or go fishing or something (laughs) but God had other plans and yeah I just felt well you know I'd really benefited from those camps over the years so it was good to put something back and so Along I went, uh, just uh, as I thought, to help out and be a tent leader at camp. But on, I think, the first or second night there, uh, sat around the campfire after most of the campers had gone to bed and a few uh, of us leaders were just sat around chatting. Um, My eyes met a beautiful young uh, camp leader from uh, Chalminster Chapel that was sat opposite. Our eyes met magic happened uh, and uh, we celebrate I think 37 years of marriage this year uh, so uh, yeah that was quite an amazing well, that journey. was a lovely divine appointment wasn't it absolutely yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> of course the other thing too is I mean like you you know my Sunday school uh, had 500 young people uh, in it I mean it was wow. uh, it was amazing and of course you, but you don't realize do you 
uh, in those early days when you go along and participate, whether it be in camps or in Sunday school or Bible study or whatever, you don't realize how much is going into you, do you? Oh, no. In terms of, of truth. Did you, did you discover that as you, go, as you went on, you know, um, you know in your, well, in your relationship, of course? What's your wife called? Claire. Oh. Uh, and absolutely, yeah. You, you, you don't at that stage realize how much is going in or how much in so many ways you owe to those wonderful volunteers that ran Sunday school and youth work uh, in in our churches and yeah great people who invested in in me and other children and young people at that time and yeah what what they invested in us what they taught us what God did through them and through uh, them into us just made such a huge difference. Yeah. Well, let's have your your first song, uh, which is from Oasis. It is. And Stand by Me. Why? Why this one? Why this one? Well, as as we'll explore as we're chatting uh, a bit more uh, this morning, my my work involves working with uh, people to help them understand and connect with and support children and young people with additional needs. And I've got uh, a son myself um, who's nearly 20 now, 20 next month, James. And when he was two, he was diagnosed as autistic and with uh, additional needs like learning difficulties. And later on, he picked up epilepsy and anxiety issues, too. And when you and when other families have that moment where somebody sits you down and uh, explains to you that actually your child is different and uh, is going to maybe have uh, more challenges uh, than you uh, anticipated. And maybe as a family, you're going to have more challenges uh, than you anticipated, too. It can be a shock and it can tear families apart sometimes. Uh, and in those moments, you need to stand together. Uh, and to know God's standing with you too. So although this is very much a rock song, uh, it's, it, it's got great words about stand by me uh, and God has stood by us uh, through all those trials and challenges that we've experienced over the last uh, 20 years and the wonderful times too uh, of living with James. This is Hope FM. The way it's gonna be well, of course, that was Oasis there and Stand By Me, chosen by uh, by Mark today, and a, a fantastic uh, acoustic version of that is too, Mark. I mean, Mark and I uh, have something in common in the sense mm. that we both have special needs sons. So uh, my son, uh, David, he was five. And actually, it's quite interesting because the, the conditions are very much similar to to your son James yeah. so uh, so my son has exactly the same epilepsy learning difficulties uh, and and the, of course he's on the autistic spectrum uh, 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 as well I guess it's, it's very difficult because I mean I know you discovered that, that James uh, was different when he was very young mm, yeah. how did you feel at that time you, you and Claire I mean how, how did you take that news well, yeah, like so many families that uh, uh, receive news like that, we we had no idea what to do with it. You know, like the words of that song that uh, Oasis just sung, nobody knows the way it's going to be. You know, we just had no clue. We knew nothing about this world that we'd suddenly found ourselves in. And uh, you can find yourself uh, you know, just in a state of shock. To some extent, you can find yourself in a, a state of grief because... You know, we all have those totally unrealistic dreams and hopes uh, for our kids. I remember when James was born, a tiny baby, and uh, was still, you know, in the hospital there and in the in the cot. And I remember looking down at him and and just in my imagination, dreaming of him striding out to open the batting for England in an Ashes Test match. And why not? And you know, back then in two thousand and two, we badly needed an opening batsman. Hey, we still do. <laughs> um, and you know, and I had all those amazing thoughts of hey maybe he could you know be uh, a great scientist or you know or whatever an explorer and and what normally happens over the years is that those dreams change as our children take up interests of their own and we start to think well actually no they're not going to be an explorer but hey they love writing or painting or something you know and our dreams for them change but when somebody sits you down and tells you that your child is different and has uh, you know, a variety of different uh, additional needs and that life is going to be um, very, very different to what you intended and, and imagined for them, it can be a big shock uh, and it can be hard. And I guess we were in that hard place, too, at that time.
time and and hence that that song that we just heard you know that nobody knows the way it's going to be but you stand together uh, and you stand with god and you trust that he's got a plan in all this so right at the beginning when you when you discovered that, that james was autistic mm. uh, how did how was that revealed how did how did it become elevant how was it diagnosed so we we realised that James was developing differently to our daughter Phoebe, who's uh, two and a half years older uh, than uh, than James is. Now, to start with, we put that down to you know there's there's those things around girls developing differently to boys and all of that. You know, but it it, it, it increasingly became clear that James was de- developing differently, and uh, so tests were starting to be done to explore um, why that that might be the case. Uh, he had a a hearing test, for example, which he failed spectacularly. Uh, and uh, we thought, ah, maybe that's it. He's got a, a hearing problem. But then the day after the hearing test, uh, he showed signs that actually he had a, an ear infection. And that had been which why... Which would have affected his hearing. He'd, uh, it affected his hearing. That's why he'd failed the test. So they redid the test a couple of weeks later and he, he passed that. And bit by bit, they narrowed down the options uh, and then uh, finally came to the, uh, the conclusion uh, around uh, James's additional needs, which was, uh, you know, the diagnosis when he was two and a half that he's autistic and has additional needs, including uh, learning difficulties. Now, it was, it was it was quite a bit later on that, of course, his epilepsy then became yes. you know became evident, and uh, uh, and it was was that easily? I mean, did he just start having fits? Or so uh, uh, epilepsy can often uh, be uh, a journey that autistic people experience as well. And, and it can often come either in preschool times uh, or in adolescence, those times when there's lots of body changes going on. And, and, and that can be a trigger for epilepsy arriving. And for James, it was during adolescence. Uh, he was 15. And a uh, couple of months before the, the key moment that, that really identified this, he'd had one or two um, experiences which which can be called absence seizures, where he he just sort of blanked for thirty seconds or so. It's like you know the lights were on but nobody was in, and then he'd snap back out of it and uh, and be fine. And and nobody either at school or at home really sort of understood what that was at that stage. But then uh, one day uh, I got him up, got him downstairs. He, he was um, sat waiting for his breakfast. I was in the kitchen. Uh, getting his breakfast i came back in to where he was to find him having um, a full tonic clonic uh, seizure uh, you know a, 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 an epileptic fit as people might uh, understand it and uh, that was the toughest moment i think uh, on our journey because again i had no idea why what was going on uh, i went into a kind of autopilot of making sure he was safe calling the ambulance um, but in my mind, I was thinking, what's happening here? You know, why is this happening? Um, but that was then uh, a journey that, that you know, we, we continued on. And, and James had more uh, seizures uh, of that kind and, and other kinds of seizures until um, uh, it took a while. But we eventually managed to get the right medication and, uh, and support. Uh, so he's now been seizure free for um, about two and a half years, uh, which is great. That's news. controlled by medication. It's controlled uh, by medication. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it took a, a while to get the right medication to support him and the right dose at the right times. Yeah. Uh, it can be a bit of a journey, uh, but we got there, and uh, yeah, thankfully he's been um, seizure free for uh, yeah two and a half mm. years now, which is great. It's interesting to hear you say that you know how the epilepsy and indeed autism and, and many of these special needs can be inextricably linked. Our son was the opposite mm. because. He was five years old uh, when he when he first had an epileptic seizure, uh, and uh, uh, we thought maybe it was a one-off thing. Because mm. uh, we went along t- to the, uh, the hospital and they wired him up. No doubt, you know, James has had this thing. You know, <laughs> uh, but would he perform? <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, when they took the wires off, then <laughs> then it yeah. happened. But yeah. But in fact, it was quite hard. And somebody described to me. I'm sure that in your broader work, you'll you'll have come across this. Uh, the, it was explained to us that, that epilepsy is, is like look, looking for a needle in a haystack mm. because there's so many forms of it. There are. Uh, and so on. Uh, and I guess you've probably discovered so much as you've gone on, you know, mm. both you and Claire in your experiences with James. And of course, now, of course, it's right at the heart of what you're doing ministry wise. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, we every day is a school day. You, you learn stuff all the time. And. 
and, and you know, for us, uh, our great privilege is to be able to pass on some of what we've learned on our journey. And uh, hopefully that helps others on their journey too, because I know what it was like, you know, when we first got those diagnoses when James was two and a half. I know what it was like when James was having that seizure at 15 and had no idea what was going on and how tough those moments were. And so those are moments that many, many families experience. There will be families that will experience those times today. And it's hard for them to get answers to, you know, to the million questions that they've got, but also just to be able to yeah just have somebody that they can ask those questions that gets it that's been there uh can really make a difference did you have to to fight to get some of that information and also to get the support because obviously many young people you know with special needs of one form or another they they need advocacy don't they they need and of course uh, sadly you know there are so many pressures on the on the system the Absolutely. NHS and so yeah. on these days uh, and I've often talked to people and I've always said to them don't be frightened of fighting you know yeah. y- y- your corner did you have to do that absolutely you have to fight and uh, you know you can often tell uh, a, um, a family of, of children with additional needs because they're walking around with their boxing gloves on they, they have to fight <laughs> for absolutely everything and time and time again I know this uh, in our in our own journey we would we would find something out. We would find that some support was available that nobody had told us about. And uh, and we'd then mention it. And it was almost a case of, oh, right, OK, you know about that now. So maybe we're going to have to give you that that kind of support. And so unless somebody tells you, unless somebody shares you know, this knowledge, these nuggets of information, it can be so hard for families to be able to find the answers that make such a difference. Because when you get the right support, um, then you know, your child can, can do much better. And as a family, you can do much better too. It really can transform things if you get the right support, the right answers to your questions, the, yeah, that just a, a pathway forward that you you can follow that you know is going to uh, be better for you well let's have your second piece of music now people might think we've, we've lost it you know because we're going <laughs> to be playing something a bit Christmasy. Oh, yeah. but actually yeah. there's a jolly good reason why isn't there well there is uh, yeah we're going to play uh, pentatonics mary did you know it's a great uh, song uh, i love it as a song but why have we picked it for today well uh, yeah mary maybe she did know maybe she didn't know everything about what uh, god was going to do in her and through her and particularly through her son and we don't know all those answers either and you know for the years that we've been serving and uh, ministering to others god's used our journey and 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 maybe you know we know a bit more than we did then but we still don't know it all and uh, all we know is that uh, like mary uh, was used by god to make a huge difference the biggest difference in uh, bringing jesus into the world so through our experience of uh, bringing James into the world and his journey and our journey with him. Um, we're exploring uh, those questions and trying to find those answers together as well. Well, we'll play the song and then we'll hear from our sponsors and then nip down to Keith Jones, uh, who actually introduced me to, to you, yeah. uh, Mark, because of, your, yeah. because of your book, which we will talk about a wee bit later on. But This is Hope FM. And just a reminder that those two books that Adrian talked about today was, uh, first of all, Chris Rogers uh, with the Spring Harvest theme, Restore, Renew and Rebuild. And then Andre Crouch, uh, the life we're looking for, looking at the whole world of technology. That would have interested you, in a sense, because technology uh, was your field. That, 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 was, you, that yeah. was your career, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So um, prior to, to joining Urban Saints, I worked in IT and telecoms uh, for a number of years, um, work which took me all over the world uh, and uh, had a great time uh, doing that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, all the way through that, whenever I was uh, back here in Bournemouth, I was involved in volunteer youth work uh, at my church. So your your heart was always for children and young people, wasn't it? And in it fact, was. that's how you met Adrian, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Adrian and I were at the same church. He was actually uh, in the youth group that, uh, that, that, you I, led. that I led <laughs> at Charminster Chapel back in the day. Yeah. yeah. So what was it then that happened uh, causing you to leave that 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 world of, of communication to go into urban sense? Well, I, I you know, God can um, sometimes get on your case, and uh, and God got on mine, and uh, was constantly sort of niggling away at me that He had something f- that He wanted me to do, 
And uh, as family, we were down at Spring Harvest. We just talked about Spring Harvest. And uh, we were down in Spring Harvest uh, uh, in uh, 2006. And at Spring Harvest in their exhibition and uh, so on area, that there was a, a sort of jobs board. And this jobs board covered in uh, postcards with, with different Christian vocational roles on there. And I remember being quite cross with God and saying, hey, you know, you keep nagging at me that you've got something you want me to do. If it's on this board, then you know, could you show it to me? Give me a, a hand here. Uh, and I remember being quite cross. And, uh, and my eyes fell on this card, which um, uh, was a, a role with an organisation um, then called Crusaders. And uh, I looked at the details on the card and I thought, well, yeah, actually, those are things that either through my work or through my volunteering at church uh, I could do. And, and there was a phone number and a name of a guy to call. And uh, so when we got back from Spring Harvest, I, I phoned it up and it, and it was the CEO of uh, what was then Crusaders, um, my, my very good friend, Matt Summerfield. And we chatted about this role and, yeah, you know, a lengthy sort of interview process and selection process later, I joined. By then, it had become Urban Saints. That name change happened in that period of time. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I joined uh, and, yeah, just really felt that this was what God wanted me to do. And uh, I've been there now for over 15 years i've had three different roles during that time uh including the one that i've got now but yeah it's been a wonderful journey to be on so if you had to sum up the 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 the, the building blocks of what was crusaders now urban sense what would those building blocks be so it's uh, it's about relational uh, children's and youth work it's about getting alongside children and young people uh and showing them the love of jesus showing them that there is a hope for them that there's a future for them that god cares about them and wants to know them and, and it's doing that through um through weekly groups um you know through uh, sunday morning stuff club nights that kind of things through um supporting churches that do that too uh, and also through uh, camps uh, and uh, festival experiences that we run each year as well um, that gather those children and young people together and give them an amazing week or weekend of, of fun and activities but also again just getting closer to uh, to their wonderful saviour and, and getting to know him we've we've also done overseas uh, mission trips taking young people around the world to spread the good news to um, folk in the places that we've traveled to because so, those experiences that can be life-changing for young people can't they absolutely i mean i've had the the privilege of of leading uh, a number of those overseas mission trips to south africa and indeed um uh, my home church now at uh, St Paul's Church Throop. We've taken young people from uh, St Paul's Church twice out to South Africa on mission uh, and, and it's just wonderful to see how transforming that can be, how you take a bunch of young people who are used to having, you know, whatever they want. They they're always got the the latest thing, and taking them to an environment where actually people have nothing, uh, and uh, you know, getting enough food to eat, getting enough clean water to drink, having a roof over uh, their heads is a big deal. And and you see the the penny dropping for those young people over the course of that short term period, only ten days, um, to the point where actually. In many cases, it can really break them about the way they were living life when they were uh, at home. And they come back very different to the young people that we took out there in the first place. And how do you think things are spiritual temperature wise? You know, because we hear a lot today, don't we, about, you know, falling numbers in church mm. and so on. But of course, people use different terms. Don't they? they use about spirituality and nonetheless, I mean, I guess that children and young people are very much exposed, living, of course, in a very different world, probably to what you and I were used to when, yeah, when we yeah, were youngsters and absolutely. so on. But, but, you know, obviously you're working every day with children and, and young people and, and with the church. Um, how would you, if I said to you, well, what's the temperature like? I mean, are, is, it, is it encouraging? I, I think it is. Uh, I think the children and young people are actively looking for something in their lives. Um, you know, they they can often, maybe even at a subliminal level, realise that life can be quite shallow, uh, and uh, and that you know they can't fill that void with things. Uh, you know, there's there's something more that they're searching for, and 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 I think that's why so many young people 
do find themselves exploring all kinds of different spiritualities and and religions and you know they're searching for something and uh, those that that we get alongside are part of that and and we're able to um you know directly as urban saints groups or through the churches that we support and the work that that's happening there uh, introduce them to, uh, to to their wonderful savior uh, who's waiting for them and loving them and uh, and delighted to get alongside them and journey with them. And I suppose one of, one of the great things is that the, the, the gospel message is the same yesterday, today uh, and forever. And it of is. course it's, it stands the test of time. Absolutely it does. And uh, yeah, you know, so 120 years ago, when Albert Kestin was walking through a park and found a bunch of boys that weren't at church. And he, he asked them why they weren't at church, because 120 years ago on a Sunday morning, you were at church. That's, you know, so why weren't they? Uh, and they said, it's boring, sir. Uh, and so, you know, he started a group to to make, uh, you know, it relevant for, for them and to, to help them to understand the Bible in accessible ways for them. And 120 years later, it's the same thing. Still going strong. Still going strong. I mean, yeah. when I think of Crusaders, I think, you know, of the Church of England uh, uh, link. Uh, is is that very much still the case? Or, 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 no, or just no. The word? We, we've, we've always been um, uh, non-denominational. Uh, we we uh, work with churches across the the spectrum really um uh, I guess because of the numbers of, of certain denominations, churches, then you, know, you might see us more in in a, a Church of England church or Baptist church. Because they're you know, in every parish. Because they're everywhere. Yeah. But uh, but we work cross-denominationally. And uh, yeah, we're, we're seeing life in in many, many parts of, of the country, in many, many different denominations. Um, yeah, it's great to see. And, and we're thrilled that this year we're, uh, our camps program is fully back open and and running again so we're we're looking forward to welcoming you know, thousands of, of young people uh, to, to those camps over the summer too. So you've never got over that camping, have you, Mark? Absolutely you know, not. Uh, no, no, no. Something about cooking on the open fire or whatever you are. Uh, but certainly, you know, looking across a campfire and seeing a certain young lady will have many happy memories for you. Oh, yeah. Lots of great memories of, of, of Christian camps uh, and uh, great experiences and great, you know, great times of fun, but also great times of spiritual development too. Yeah, oh, really good times. Fantastic. And of course, the last two years it has been difficult hasn't it in terms of I mean how, how has that impacted your work well it's uh, it's impacted our work as urban saints in that we've not been able to run the camps and holidays and uh, overseas mission trips that uh, can be so transforming for young people for for my work um, in the additional needs ministry area uh, like a lot of uh, folk it's it's gone online uh, so uh, for, for a couple of years, instead of rocking up to churches and running training sessions or speaking at conferences uh, in, a, uh, in, a, in a hall with, with you know, a few hundred people there, it's, it's all been online instead. But that's gone really well, actually. And now that we're back to in building uh, stuff again, actually what we're seeing is a bit of a blend of both happening. So some churches are saying, hey, come and come and meet with our team in building and, and share with us there. And some folk are saying, hey, you know, actually it works for us uh, to do stuff over Zoom or, or something. So yeah, both so, are still happening. And, so and all of your experiences of IT and all, you know, in your, in your previous life, of course, have come to the fore as we exploit, you know, all these technologies. Absolutely, yeah. That whole tech world and all the stuff that uh, that I was involved with uh, when I was in that world have have really been helpful to me uh, in my role now. And, uh, you know, it, it's almost like God had a plan. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's have your next piece of music, which, of course, is, is a very familiar one. Uh, this song worshipped in many, many churches are used in worship, uh, Waymaker, but, but mm. the... But a particular version of it, yeah. Well, I, I um, during lockdown, uh, when our, you know, many churches were closed and, and we couldn't um, uh, worship in our own uh, typical church, uh, I'd often go travelling online and find places. And I found Hope City Church in Accra and loved the worship there and thought it was absolutely brilliant. And so, um, yeah, th- this is their version of Waymaker. And, and why have I picked it? Well. God has found a way for us as family and as urban saints and in all that we're doing. He's He's been at that light in the darkness when those dark days have come. And of course, 
you know, there's still those dark days as family as we as we journey uh, together but he's worked through uh, all of those with us and he's helped us in turn to be able to touch hearts touch minds turn lives around uh, he's our way maker our uh, our miracle worker our promise keeper our light in the darkness This is Hope FM. Well, that's uh, Waymaker there, uh, sung by Hope City Church, which which Mark actually discovered online when you. Yeah. I like it going going traveling online. Absolutely, so you were surfing, were you, to find out new new churches online? I was at church all over the world. It was great, trying different places. An incredibly faith building, yeah. Yeah, it was. You know, just wonderful to share that time with folk all over the place and uh, just enjoying the you know different ways in which people worship around the world. Now, back to your work with Urban Sense. I mean, you obviously just to remind folks that that Urban Sense uh, uh, originally called Crusaders, that many people yeah. will remember. <clears throat> obviously, supporting uh, children and young people working in in partnerships interdenominationally. Um, but uh, you were the ops director in those in those early days. But you you didn't stay the ops director because uh, you you wanted to have a slightly different focus. How did that transition? come about and, and why yeah so uh, the way it started really was uh, when i was ops director at urban saints we introduced a scheme where staff team members could take uh, about 10 percent of their time to uh, create a new project something to do with christian children's and youth work uh, something maybe that we didn't do at urban saints or that we didn't do much of and that we could perhaps build and and do something better with and i picked uh, this area of supporting children and young people with with additional needs uh, in church and did that for two reasons uh, you know as we've explored I've, I've got a, a son with additional needs myself but also having done youth work for many years I've seen inclusion done well in some place, places but also I've seen it you know, maybe done not so well in others and I wanted to try and explore how we could support churches and groups to to make a difference there so that was my focus for for this project and it, it took off uh, it, it built and built and built and in, in those early days one of the things I, I did was to to look around to see who else was out there doing this and I found there were there were a handful of people that were doing stuff in this area, not as many as I expected or thought. Uh, and those that were doing this, some of them were just doing bits geographically or in a, across a uh, part of a denomination. Some were working uh, broader, but I got connected with them as well. And, 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 and in it, you know, we encouraged each other and it started to build. And so it reached the point where actually this additional needs ministry area for Urban Saints was a full-time role in of itself and so i was running ops and doing this additional needs role both were full-time in danger of burning yourself out in danger of burning myself out and uh yeah there was uh, god doesn't rock up in the middle of the night to me very often but on this particular occasion i was awakened in the night with lots of words and visions and pictures of things and uh really felt god speaking to me And, and what um, stuck in my mind most was this picture of a a, a road with a fork in it uh, and I was stood looking at this fork in the road and um, yeah, thinking again like that 10 year old version of me that I knew better than God uh, I was there <laughs> thinking oh okay I get what you're saying here I need to make a decision about which of these roads to go on and then God absolutely nailed me and he said no Mark this is where you were a few months ago um, since then, you've been trying to run on both these paths. And as you can see, they're getting further and further apart and you're running between them all the time. Uh, and yeah, you're going to get burned out. Oh, and by the way, the one that I want you to stick on is this additional needs ministry one. So uh, with that very clear instruction, I then had to um, go had and to convince your, your bosses. <laughs> well, I had to convince my wife. Uh, I had to convince, of course. Uh, I also had to convince uh, my boss at Urban Saints, Matt Summerfield, who was massively and instantly supportive and saying uh, almost it was a case of, oh, thank goodness you finally come to the conclusion that, that, that he'd come to a while ago. Um, but then had to talk to our board of trustees because, hey, you know, I was ops director and that was a key role. And and it's Keeping not, the wheels turning, yeah, and 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 to get a new ops director in isn't uh, you know necessarily a straightforward thing. So, um, but they were massively supportive too, and and so we transitioned and and worked through that process and 
for the last five years, I've been full time uh, looking after this additional needs ministry area, Urban Saints. Now, you said just a moment or two ago that you discovered there's not so many other folk out there, organisations or people engaged in this type of, of, of work. And yet, obviously, young people and children with additional needs of one kind or another, uh, I, I mean, there, there are large, huge numbers of people. Absolutely. And, and then consequently, huge numbers of, of families yeah. impacted by, by it. Well, uh, 20%, one in five uh, children and young people have an additional need of some kind. So that's about two and a half million across the UK as a whole. And what, what's been great news is that over the years that I've been uh, focused in this area, I've seen more people stepping up and getting involved, more ministries that have been appointing people into similar roles. And so there's more of us now that are out there uh, trying to make a difference than there were when I started, which is really great. There's, there's plenty of room for more you know we, we, we're grateful for each person who uh, is involved in in, in this area uh, but yeah it's it, it affects every single church there's you know if, if, if a church has children's and youth work they're going to have um, children and young people with additional needs of various kinds and and many churches struggle to know what to do i i think churches across the uk um split down into three groups uh is, is has been my experience there are churches that are really good at this that um, have put some things in place to to make what they do accessible and inclusive and are doing great work in this area there are churches uh, and, and this is probably the biggest area that the churches who want to make a difference but aren't sure how and are worried about getting it wrong about doing the wrong thing saying the wrong thing uh, and you know they're the, the the churches that I spend time you know getting helping. alongside and helping yeah, and training. Yeah. Sadly, there are still uh, churches out there that um, don't want to get involved in this area at all. Well, why is that, Mark? Do you think? I think uh, often it's uh, you know, they've always done church in a certain way, and they think that they're going to have to change that in order to accommodate children and young people with additional needs or. Maybe they think that children and young people with additional needs are going to you know, be disruptive or a nuisance or, you know, there's a lot of negativity that, that comes with that. I've heard of families that have been turned away because uh, they've been told their child might be a health and safety risk. You know, stuff like that that's just heartbreaking. But but that's out there, sadly. And, yeah, it's really hard to hear those stories. Um, thankfully, they're a minority of churches, but but they're there. And, you know, my my passion is to try and change hearts and minds there, too, and to to change culture there so that actually uh, we're creating a place where everywhere uh, where everyone belongs. Uh, and I suppose also that if 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 parents for example were experiencing that sort of thing that it's going to isolate them I mean they would have been isolated mm. anyway yeah. in having to fight for their son or daughter or, or whatever mm. but but to have to fight dare I say the church Absolutely. Uh, and probably not just the church but other organisations yeah you know it's, it's really tough and, and what happens is uh, that some families give up you know, they get a couple of pushbacks. They they try and get involved in a church, and and they find that actually they're not welcomed and that they're pushed away, uh, and so they decide that church isn't for them and uh, have a negative view of church as a consequence which is really hard and you know i've come across those families too who uh yeah have had those really tough experiences whether in church or in other areas of of life and yeah it's it's it's, it's heartbreaking to uh, to hear those stories but you know when i get a chance to chat to chat with them i can maybe encourage them and one of the things um that we do is to link families with churches that are inclusive that are accessible that are welcoming uh, and so we can help to try and heal that rift that that perhaps some families have experienced in the past well let's have your next piece of music and uh, one of my favorites is one from it's cornerstone it back is. to hill song again yeah it is and uh, it, there's a great story that uh, that that links to that really um I, i'm often involved in work down at spring harvest and um several years ago was there just uh, overseeing looking after the additional needs inclusion stuff and that involved going around to all the children's and youth settings and just checking in with the teams there to see how they were doing and 
Um, one day, I think it was a couple of days into spring harvest, I visited the sort of older children's section, the, the like seven to ten year olds. And Timmy, we'll call him Timmy, was there. Uh, Timmy's autistic and has other additional needs. And um, he was spending his time making a tower out of Jenga blocks, those wooden Jenga blocks. And he'd make his tower and it would fall down and he'd make it again, it would fall down. And uh, I got alongside him and uh, bit by bit, he allowed me to help him. And we built a bigger tower by uh, working together. And um, Timmy couldn't, uh, 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 didn't have uh, verbal communication. He communicated in other ways, but he didn't have verbal communication. But when his tower fell over... Um, there'd be a big belly laugh. He loved it. And then we build it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the time came when I had to move on uh, and get on with my, my, my other duties. And as I was leaving, I saw Timmy building this little tower again. And, and when it fell over, there was no laugh this time. And it broke me. And I thought, what are we doing? Are we just childminding him? Are we just finding something for him to do whilst his parents and family uh, enjoy the rest of spring harvest? And it really troubled me. Um, But after spring harvest had finished, I got a phone call from the team to say that they'd received a phone call from Timmy's family to share what had happened on the way home. And on the way home, uh, Timmy, who uh, this nonverbal boy, had started singing and he was singing over and over again three words from Cornerstone, uh, which they'd been playing quite a lot uh, during their session. And the three words that he was singing over and over again were weak, made strong weak made strong and in that moment i realized we may not have done all that we could in that time to support timmy and reach him but god had and god had done something in timmy that was wonderful uh, and had reached him in ways that we hadn't and so i can't sing cornerstone without tears in my eyes when it gets to that bit about weak made strong This is Hope FM. Uh, Well, Mark Arnold is my very special guest today, working with uh, Urban Saints uh, in a new role now because uh, you're heading up the the ministry for children and young people with with additional needs. We talked about uh, a number of churches that that would like to engage more with with young young people and children with special needs, but maybe don't quite know how to. So if if they invite you along, Mark, how do you help them? So uh, typically I'll uh, help them by uh, in, in a couple of ways it could just be rocking up to their their group or their club night and just spending some time with them looking at the stuff they do getting to know some of the young people that they're journeying with and then giving them a few tips and ideas that might help them as they support those uh, children and young people uh, or it might be something that uh, is a bit of training for for their team to get alongside their team and, and help them to understand a little bit more of uh, of this world, of this area, uh, and some uh, things that they could uh, do to, to really make a difference. So there's a, a range of different strategies that churches can put in place that can really transform the way that uh, they can reach out to and support uh, children and young people with additional needs. Now, obviously, you, you've written your book, Hard to Include Autistic Children uh, and Young People in Church. This book is selling very well, I'm told. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what made you write it? Well, uh, it, it was um, really just a, a, an opportunity to put some of the things that I've been uh, sharing with churches into a, a, another accessible format, really. And, and another way of of that getting out there and, and reaching churches to to make a difference. This one is specifically looking at how to support uh, autistic children and young people in church, and you know that's one area of of many other areas that fit within this uh, sort of umbrella of additional needs. But it it gives churches uh, some key pointers of things to to understand and know about autistic children and young people, um, you know, busting some of the myths that uh, are out there too, but also starting to think about some of the um, practical ways that um, they can make a real difference and, and, and perhaps adapt and change what they do so that it is uh, a place where everyone belongs. And in terms of other resources, do you have other, other resources on your website or are harder people access things yeah so uh, most things are available and accessible through the urban saints website so urbansaints.org slash additional needs will give people a, a way into most of the uh, work that we do across the ministry so that's urbansaints.org slash additional needs and there they'll find 
find information about the training that we uh, provide and the consultancy stuff that we do, bits about the book uh, as well, uh, and also about uh, the blog that I write, uh, which is the Additional Needs Blog Father. Uh, people can find that at the additional blog needs father. <laughs> yeah absolutely the additional needs blog father.com and you know that's that's been amazingly that would have been, a, would have been a better introduction to the show i'm talking to the blog father the today blog father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but of course you you also are co-founder of the additional needs alliance yes now, What's that? So uh, I mentioned about how when I first started doing this work, I was looking around to see who else was out there that that might be um, good to know and good to journey with. And although there weren't many, one that I found was uh, my good friend Kay Morgan Gurr. And uh, Kay and I found ourselves invited to run a series of uh, seminar sessions at the Hand in Hand Children's Ministry Conference in Eastbourne a few years ago. And what we found was that the same people, largely, were coming along to each of these seminars over the weekend. And by the time we got to the final one, they were they were saying, hey, you know, we've got to know each other. We're, we're enjoying this journey of learning that we're on. Is, is there any way that we could stay connected in some way? And so Kay and I scratched our heads and, and thought, well, maybe we should do something about this. And, and so the starting point was a Facebook group. So we found we put this Facebook group together uh, called Additional Needs Alliance and uh, added in the people that had been to the conference. And it, it grew and grew and grew. And now there's about 3000 children, youth, families, workers, church leaders, parents, carers, teachers, healthcare professionals and, and lots of folk who are passionate about children and young people with additional needs. And of course, it's dressing that thing that we talked about earlier on, the isolation word. And I guess that there are many, many people who who can feel isolated and, yeah. and maybe angry and perplexed as to why they have a child or a young person, you know, who mm. has got additional needs of some kind. Absolutely. And so what this community offers is a place for people to come and meet people that get it and uh, that understand it and can maybe answer some of their questions. And, and so we encourage people to ask those questions and also to offer you know their experience and uh, any resources that they've got and anything that might be helpful to families and so uh, the facebook group continues and is a thriving lively community but we've also got the website now as well uh, additional needs alliance um.org.uk and uh, that's a place where again uh, we encourage um uh, families to, to to visit and look at the resources that are there there's a uh, an accessible churches tab which allows uh, folk to look for a church near them uh, that might be you know meeting their needs so as churches a can also register with that can churches they? can can register there and uh, explain a little bit about what they offer what makes them accessible and inclusive uh, and then we can add them to the getting on 75 churches that are already there in the map and directory that that families can then find now obviously uh you know life can be very cruel and i mean uh, children child to child young person to young person you know uh, they they can reject you know their peers in a way but because they, because mm. they're different and so on uh, have you done some work around that yeah uh, one of the things that uh, i often talk about when working with uh, children's and youth workers is how to manage this within their group and uh, and a great way you know it's very age specific so it depends what age child or young person uh, you're working with but a, a great starting place can be to to get the group of children and young people to share their stories to share about times that they've needed a bit of support and help maybe they've hurt themselves they might have you know, broken a wrist or something and, and been in plaster for a few weeks and found that they've struggled during that time or or maybe it's something more uh, in emotional they've um, they've lost a family member or a much-loved pet and they've needed some support during that time and and actually when children young people start to explore things through their own experiences it gives them a doorway into that world that helps them to understand um that the other children and young people need a bit of support too uh, and actually we can all be a part of uh, supporting uh, each other together and of course it works the other way as well because i guess the the one that must be very encouraging for you uh, and that is when young people do take their peers uh, and, mm. and actually uh, begin to show compassion uh, absolutely and, and 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 become real helpers in, in a yeah. sense yeah no we very much encourage you know them to be buddies 
to uh, to other young people and and that relationship can be yeah a mutual blessing uh, to to each of them and and is great to see really encouraging to see well let's have your 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 next song and i think you're you're going to take us to uh to africa with this one with toto um, yes you like you, you fall in love with africa haven't you uh, I, I loved africa and so in 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 the days when i was working in it and telecoms i um traveled to uh, africa a number of times to south africa to nigeria and one thing that struck me each time was um you know i'd see disabled people begging in the streets uh and it would break my heart uh, and I remember, you know, time and again, praying that prayer of, Lord, I wish there was something I could do to make a difference. You know, be careful what you pray for. Uh, and so um, so Africa is a place. And, uh, yeah, those memories uh, are very much instrumental in in taking me to, to, to where I am and, and the work that God's uh, doing through me now.
You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. In 2021, the co-op and its members helped raise an amazing £5,100 for Hope FM, helping us to continue our mission to give a voice to the community. And that support continues in 2022, as Hope FM has once again been chosen as one of the Co-op Community Fund's charities. So, to find out how your shop at the Co-op could help keep community radio alive in Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul, visit hopefm.com forward slash donate. And to read about the huge difference the Co-op Local Community Fund is making, visit co-op.co.uk forward slash local dash causes. The world's definition of happiness is being exhilarated by pleasure, by accomplishment, by achievements, by winning the lottery, by this and by that and by promotion. Or by... But these things are all temporary at best. Dr. Michael Youssef. True happiness, true blessing, true joy is different. Why? Because your brokenness on the inside Your total dependence on God on the inside is your true qualification for inheriting the kingdom of heaven, and that is the secret of your happiness. You can learn about multiple free resources from Dr. Yusuf to encourage your spiritual journey when you visit ltw.org. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, Mark and I have been talking all program about working with young people and children with additional uh, needs of one form or, or another. Uh, and of course, one of the, the, the stories that, that you shared there was about Timmy hmm. uh, and about singing, singing the words from Cornerstone. Uh, uh, but of course, there are many stories that, that you can share about about children and young people who with their special needs have firm faith absolutely <laughs> and do all sorts of stuff yeah i mean it's it's it you know loads and loads of stories i could talk about kieran uh, who uh, grew up in his church uh you know found it hard at times uh, and uh but at his church, they found a role for him that that met his needs and and was a real calling for him, which was in the tech area. He loves tech and all the AV stuff in 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 church, and so that was a great way of him being able to uh, to to find a role, to find a place Get his as passion. he grew, yeah, yeah to to yeah. fulfil that that passion that he had, and and now he uh, not only supports the AV at his church but goes to Christian festivals and, and events and helps to support um, the AV provision there. And you know, th- we did a video with Kieran and his mum uh, a few months ago. Uh, and in it, he was he and his mum were sharing a little bit about how, you know, uh, during his his formative years as he was growing up he'd often find himself excluded from a lot of stuff that was going on he didn't get invited to the parties that all his peers did and all of that um, uh, and uh, all he wanted was uh, to to be able to do what everybody else was was doing and uh, you know his his clarion call at the end of the video was let us yeah, let us let us be a part of church and and what's happening in church and and he is and and is doing amazing work there and you know for for many others like Kieran there's there's great stories like that of of great success of children young people being included well of finding uh, their role their place their opportunity to serve uh, the, the you know the same chances that everybody else has got in church and to be able to follow that calling and serve each other i suppose there's a danger on focusing on all the things that that children and young people can't do mm. if they have additional needs when actually fact we should be putting it on its end and looking practically and uh, and enabling things that they can do. Yeah, so important. There's a, a tool that I use that gets used quite a bit in schools called a one-page profile. And I encourage uh, children's and youth workers to, to get these filled in with all the children and young people that they work with. And the first uh, box uh, on this form, there's only three questions that it asks, but the first thing it asks is, um, what do people like and admire about you? 
Now, imagine that uh, a child or young person uh, with additional needs who's been excluded, who's been marginalised, who's always uh, seen as a problem to solve. Suddenly, what do people like and admire about you? That changes the narrative. It flips it on its head and it changes the mindset of children's and youth workers when they're thinking about that young person too because now they're seeing the positive things first uh, and that then changes the way that they look at how to include that young person going forward. Now, going forward, what what are the things on your hit list? The thing, I mean, obviously you you you're pulled. You're working all over the country and and on occasion uh, abroad. No doubt you'll be able to make some of those trips. Hopefully, with well, maybe with, with yeah. the countries opening up. Yeah. But but what are the what are the current projects that you're working on? So, uh, off the back of the the book, how to include autistic children and young people in church, um, uh, we've just written a training course uh, that sits alongside that. So, uh, for churches that want to explore that in in more depth uh, and as a team uh, there's a, a training program uh, that, that sits alongside the book and um, th- that's just been launched and is already really taking off well which is uh, really good news and is it resources that people then run the course themselves um, well uh, they can either join in on a uh, an open uh, course uh, so they could they could book a place on that we, we um, are running those I've, I've got one running in June that's just about to fill up and then I'll be scheduling another one that people can join in and that's uh, on zoom so they can link in from anywhere to that or churches can uh, get me to uh, to run something that's a specific session for them and that could either be via zoom or in building uh, where i would come along and unpack the material with them uh, take them through it help them to grapple with the questions that uh, the the resource asks and, and get them to a place where actually they're thinking about the autistic children and young people uh, that they uh, are journeying with and maybe uh, other children and young people with other different uh, diversities as well uh, and then putting some uh, strategies in place to support them and to help them to uh, be included. And, and maybe a difficult question for you now because I know whenever whenever my, my son David started to have epileptic seizures I, I used to feel completely helpless you know mm. you know as a father and i'm no doubt you felt yeah. this with your son yeah. james that you just feel oh god you know what can i do you know mm. and of course that can lead and, and and does lead very often to anger more often to to isolation mm. there, there will be people listening to us uh, who who will perhaps be in that position of not understanding why god you know why god would allow uh, children and young people first of all to have these mm. challenges and surely it's not fair and so on obviously this is where you live and move and have your brain both personally with your own boy uh but of course on the broader field no, and no doubt you've heard that question many times yeah absolutely and you know it's a it's a good question to to have conversations with people about uh, and yeah, we, we have that conversation sometimes in the Additional Needs Alliance uh, that crops up there. Um, yes, another hat that I wear is um, uh, gathering dads together, um, an often overlooked group, actually. Uh, and so another thing uh, that I do is um, the Dads Fire Circle. So the dadsfirecircle.com is the website and there's a Facebook group for that, too. Gathering dads together where we talk about these sorts of things and... You know, and, uh, and it helps uh, just to, to unpack that uh, with people and to to share that you know, God, it's not a case of God allowing uh, th- th- these things to happen. God gives us free will, gives us freedom in the world, and uh, you know the, the the world is the place um, that, that that we've made it in so many ways. And actually, when uh, we're thinking about uh, additional needs and disability in in the big picture so much of the the world is disabling for people uh, and uh, and actually when we think about the obstacles that we put in the way um, inadvertently often for people with a range of different additional needs and disabilities we make life harder uh, as, as as people sadly for for each other so it's, it's less about what god allows and and more about maybe what we do and what we could change and a different way in which we could um, you know be alongside uh, each other and supporting each other uh, more inclusively that could make the world a better place for us all but i suppose also that that if we if we choose to look we can 
we can see great blessing, can't we? Of course. In yeah. terms of, of, of having the privilege of actually bringing up children, you know, who have a, additional needs Absolutely. and so on. Uh, yeah. I, love, I love watching particularly Down syndrome young people, you mm. know, who, uh, who they just have that huge capacity for love don't they, they do. the constant yes. smiles on their faces yeah, but, wonderful joy but, but they can be real blessing and on lessons for us of course uh, as we as we open up and work with 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 children and young people mm, absolutely and you're absolutely right it's such a privilege it's such a a blessing to be able to to journey with uh, with, with our own children with additional needs and to uh, get alongside and support uh, others as well and to help other people to see that journey as a positive one too it's a it's a different place that we find ourselves in um, but it's a place that can be rich with blessing and, and wonder uh, and and things for us to explore together and um, yeah what a privilege it is to be on a different journey to to everybody else we've got that um, you know opportunity to to go places that other people don't go and do things other people don't do now are the things mark because obviously you're an activist really and there's mm. always those things that we want to do but we just don't have the capacity or resources to do yeah if you had unlimited capacity and resources is there anything on that list of yours that you say right that's going to be up there i i think uh i mean it's been tough over the last couple of years because you know we've we found it hard to be able to get out and and, and meet with folk but you know what, what i think is, is transforming is sharing those stories sharing those stories of of change of of ways in which children and young people and the families they're a part of uh, have been transformed by uh, by being accepted for who they are and being included and uh, and you know not being marginalized not being pushed to the edges you know, jesus himself he reached out to those that were on the margins and drew them in to the center of of what he was doing and so for me, it's about broadening that message, getting that message out to as many people, as many church leaders as possible, changing the culture. And, you know, it's been great to see culture change in the secular world. You know, we've seen more and more people with uh, additional needs and disabilities on TV shows, on, uh, you know, Rose, on Strictly, you know, loads and loads of great examples. We want to see more of that in our churches, too. And so getting that message uh, out there as loudly as possible is uh, very much what I'm about. Um, now, pulling everything together, uh, just to say that the, 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 the overall uh, ministry that, that obviously you were once operations director for is Urban Sense. That's they, right. Yes. And they have the website. And the the additional needs ministry is part of Urban Sense. Yeah. So let's start just to remind people of that website that they should go to. So a, a great place to sort of get all of this really is urbansaints.org slash additional needs. Uh, and if you go there, then there are links from there to the training we've been talking about, to the Additional Needs Alliance uh, that we've been talking about, that community of, of folk that journey together, and also to the Additional Needs Blog Father site, so they can see all the, the, the links the on, the, on the main site, that, is it? That, that's all there too. Yeah. And uh, and if they want to know more about the, the book, um, the you know, how to include autistic uh, children and young people in church, if they, um, if they go again to the Urban Saints site, urbansaints.org slash how to include, then that will give uh, links to more about the book. Um, there'll be information in there that, that they can pick up on uh, as well about some of the training too. Uh, and uh, and they can get the book through the website, although obviously we would very much encourage the uh, local folk to go to our friends at Keith Jones Bookshop and uh, get a copy from Adrian and the team there. Well, Mark, thank you so much. Of course, your final song is about grace, Blinded yeah. by Your Grace. I'll let you introduce it as we, as we say goodbye. Yeah, so this is Stormzy and Blinded by your grace uh hopefully the live at glastonbury version if we've if we've got that but you know all that we do all that we do when we serve uh, our glorious god and father uh, is because of his grace and because of his grace uh, to us and we as family and urban saints experience that grace um daily uh, and so it's wonderful just to recognize that broken though we are he can use us Thank you, Mark, and goodbye and God bless. Thank you. This is Hope FM.